shout for Martin. Tonight we're going to have a fellowship tonight uh, at 5 o'clock. We're going to be having a fellowship here at the church. We're having our Super Bowl gathering. And we also have to recognize our uh, Family Fun League fantasy football champion, praise God, tonight. So, so we got a champion in the house. That came real strong. So it must be close to that house. It must be close to that house if it came that strong. So, so if you'll come out, come hang out with us. We're going to play games, play cards, go hang out. We got lots, uh, some nice food that we're going to have available for you. We need you to come out. It's only $10. You come for $10. You can eat all you can, drink all you can, enjoy the football game with us, and let's just hang out together. All right, you may want to uh, stop and buy something and bring it with you to share with everyone, or you want to cook something. It's up to you, your choice. All right, I got all those preliminaries out the way. <sighs> now I'm ready to go. Ready to go. In Luke chapter number 10, in verse number 25, I told you that, that this, this month we're calling the month of love. So today I'm going to be ministering from this subject, Secured by Love. And, and we're going to begin looking at the love of God and how it ties into the life of God and how both of those coincide and work in operation one with another. So we're looking at the love of God and the life of God and how the love of God and the life of God, how those two together coincide and how they operate one with another. The love of God. Everybody say the love of God. Everybody say the life of God. That's very important. Very important. So Jesus, in this particular uh, verses of scripture we're going to look at, Jesus gives us a rare glimpse into this love and what it means to love people. And what it means to love people. And what it means to love people. Not just the people you like. And what it means to love people. Oh, yes, amen. Let's read in verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Notice, notice now, notice that it had to be a certain lawyer. Isn't that interesting? It had to be a certain lawyer that wanted to test Jesus. I, I heard this particular story, and I thought it was very interesting that I would share with you. There was this 97-year-old uh, reverend, 97-year-old reverend, and he was uh, in the hospital lay, lying on what they said was his deathbed. And the reverend had made a call to the church and asked the church if they would, would to send the church lawyer. So the church lawyer came and he was at the bottom of the bed and the and the reverend was laying in the bed and he was at the bottom of the bed where his feet were. And and the reverend uh, looked at the lawyer and the lawyer said, Reverend, how, how can I help you? And he said, you could help me if you would call for if you would call for the um, uh, for our income tax person. I need them to be here. And so. He scrambled out, made a call. They flew in the income tax person, the person that did the ministry taxes. And the uh, tax lawyer came and he was with the lawyer and they were together. And he was at the bottom of the bed next to the lawyer. And so the reverend looks up and the tax collector said, Reverend, I'm here. How can how can we help you? And the reverend looked at them both and said, now this is better. And the two of them looked at each other like, what did that mean? 
So they both, Reverend, what does that mean? This is better. He said, well, if Jesus could die between two thieves, so could I. <laughs> lighten up, y'all. Lighten up. Lighten up. <laughs> it's just a little joke. Just a little joke to get you, to get you in the mood. <laughs> So, so here it is that this lawyer stood up and he was testing him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Notice that the question on the table is, what must be done to get the life of God? Are you with me? Verse 26, he said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Notice that all of a sudden, there's two outstanding commandments that Jesus has given us that if we fulfill the two, we have fulfilled the law. If you remember, in the law, there were Ten Commandments. And I don't know if you grew up doing it, but I grew up trying to fulfill all ten. And I don't know if you recognize that there was no way possible to fulfill all ten. Thank God God didn't use the law to save us. That he extended grace to us, and grace was able to help us out and assist us. And so it's very important that you understand and that you see this now, that this man wanted the life of God, and he wanted to know how does this, keep your finger in uh, Luke 10, now this love of God. Now watch this, go to John 10, keep your finger in uh, Luke 10, now go to John 10 real quick. If you scroll and scroll, I hear just a couple, it still sounds good when I hear pages of the Bible turning. Amen. It still sounds good. I'm all right with you squirreling to or whatever you do to get to it. But I like hearing pages sometimes. And John 10, are you there? John 10 in verse number 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Did you hear how Jesus wants you and I to have life? He wants us to have life more abundantly. Watch this. The amplified version of John 10 and 10 says this. Jesus said the thief comes only in order to steal and to kill and destroy. I came that Jesus may have vacation that he doesn't want you to just live. He wants you to enjoy your life. So he wants you to have and enjoy life. Jesus, how do you want me to have life and enjoy it? I want you to have it in abundance. I want you to have it to the full, and I want you to have it till it overflows. Can you tell your neighbor, your life needs to happen in abundance to the full till it overflows. Now watch this. The word life, the word life comes from the Greek word zoe. The word life comes from the Greek word zoe, which means the life of God or life as God lives it. The life of God or life as God lives it. That's zoe. Or watch this. 
Or zoe also means, as God refers to it or references it, as he gave man to live it. Zoe also means as God has given man to live life. Hmm. Very interesting. So remember, when, when God placed man in the garden and gave man an instruction about not eating of the tree or he would die, even though man disobeyed God, his heart did not stop beating. Are you hearing me? His heart didn't stop beating. What he experienced was a loss of the God element of life. He lost out on the God element of life. He was still living, but he was living without the life of God. Are y'all hearing me? You got you to gotta catch this. I got to get us somewhere, so stay with me, stay with me. So he was living without the life of God. So now his life, now his family was just a natural life. It was just a natural family because the Zoe was missing. Even his work was natural. Even his businesses he wanted to start was just natural. There was no Zoe with it. My God in heaven. So once God formed man of the dust of the ground, the Bible says he breathed into man and man became a living soul. He became a living soul. Watch this. When God breathed into man, this was different from mouth to mouth resuscitation. When God breathed into man, it literally means that God spoke to him face to face. So God's breath literally went out of his mouth into man's face, went on the inside of man, and man became, as a result, a living soul, which then gave man, watch this, the life of God on the inside of him. The life of God. You and I have the life of God on the inside of us once we receive the Lord Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. The Lord Jesus gave us that life on the inside of us. And it's critical for us to live that life. Watch this. Now, after 4,000 years pass of human history, Jesus appears on the scene. And in John 1 and 4, in John 1 and 4, can you go there real quickly for me? John chapter 1, verse number 4. Come on, we got to get there. We got to get this. John 1 and verse number 4, watch this. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And then verse 14, if you jump down to verse 14, verse 14 then communicates, and the word became flesh. And the word became flesh. So watch this. In verse 14, we see the last Adam. We see the last Adam coming to the earth. Why? Because this is the last man put in the earth with the life of God already in him. Jesus was the last Adam because he's the last man that was now placed in the earth with the life of God already on the inside of him. Are you understanding what we're talking about? Give me a hearty amen if you understand it. If not, I'll break it down even more. But so since you have that, now watch, watch this. Mm. So since the word became flesh and now Jesus was in the earth and the life of God was already in him, 
Jesus now begins to advertise. <laughs> he begins to advertise that everything you have been missing since the fall of Adam, everything that's been missing from your life since the fall of Adam, I am the carrier of it, and I am the only one authorized to be the distributor of it. So there is nobody on planet Earth who will have the opportunity to have the life of God flowing through them and flowing from them without Jesus. Mm. So everybody else in the planet who has not received the Lord Jesus as personal Lord and Savior, they are operating in a love, but it's not the same love that God gives. They're operating in life, but it's not the same life of God that God gives. Are you hearing me? This is very important, very important. We're going to be talking about this love all month, and, and I believe when we get there, you'll understand why it was so critical for us to have the conversation about this love. So Jesus says, I'm the only authorized distributor of it, and you may have, you may have whatever it is that you want. Mm. And I want you to have whatever it is that you want. I want you to have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. So you and I have not maximized our life until our lives have been lived in abundance to the full until it overflows. There's a lot that God still wants to do in us, through us, and for us in abundance to the full till it overflows. There are so many people who keeping an eye on you and they want to see if you are doing anything with this life or this love that God has given you. How will they know? When you start living it in abundance to the full till it overflows because it then will start flowing over on them. Are you with me? There's a lot of people who is just lingering. They're watching. They saw, when, saw you when you left this morning. And they're going to watch and see when you come home. Oh, y'all got to hear me, hear me, hear me. Go over if you would. Stay in Luke, Luke 10. Go over to Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Ephesians chapter number 3. Very familiar text of scripture that you're very, very, very familiar with. Verse number 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. The Living Bible says this. Now glory be to God who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even believe Mm -mm -mm. or dream of infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. Hmm. Now glory be to God who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. 
Do you believe that God can bring this abundant dimension to your life? No, 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 no. Not asking you to answer me with your head. I want you to answer me from your spirit. Do you really believe that God can bring this dimension to your life? Amen, amen, amen. So we have been somewhat consumed, watch this, with desiring this abundant dimension. Mm. We've been pursuing the abundant life. Would you agree? But in pursuit of the abundant life, we have been neglecting the sole thing that will lead us to that life. We've been in pursuit of the abundant life, but we have been neglecting the very sole thing that will get us to that abundant life. And that is where I want to draw your attention to, because I believe when we get some understanding here, we'll be able to do some things differently. So since we've been consumed by this and neglecting this other area, we have attempted to have abundant life in our marriages, but we hadn't been getting it. We've been attempting to have abundant life in our singleness, but we haven't been experiencing it. We've been attempting to get abundant life in our finances, but it hadn't worked out for us. We've been attempting to have abundant life in our businesses, but it's not producing the way we thought it should. We've been attempting to have abundant life in our families, and yet our families still seem to be jacked up. Then what is missing? What is happening that we're not experiencing what it is that Jesus said he has made available to us? It's possible, but not if we neglect it at its source. It's possible for us to have it, but not if we neglect it at its source. Watch this. We've tried to use the principles and our spiritual sophistication as a way of circumventing the only pathway to the life of God. We want to take the principles of God's word, but we don't even use the giver of the word. We want to take his principle, use his principle to maximize what it is we want out of it so that we can get what it's supposed to deliver. Ah, uh, but you can't circumvent the word. You can't circumvent this word. And so this is so critical for us. I believe that if we get this together, guys, that we can see some things different. The pathway, the pathway to that abundant life for our marriages, that abundant life for our singleness, for our finances, for our businesses, for our families, the pathway is found in verse uh, 17 and following. Same chapter that you're in, same chapter. Go back up to verse 17. Verse 17 is going to be significant. It's going to be a clue. Watch this. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. You have to get rooted and grounded in love. Mm. You got to get rooted and grounded in love. Watch this. We're going to continue reading. That you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width 
and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. In other words, what you got to get, what you got to understand, it passes what your head can hold. This is not a head message, it's a heart message. And so if you're only trying to live this from your head, you will never live this out correctly and you'll try to circumvent the pathway to get the abundant life that God has called you to and you'll be pursuing abundant life and finances, but you'll never get there so you'll have a slave mentality. You'll be pursuing abundant life for your family and you'll see that there'll be nothing but destructions and things coming against your family. Because you're trying to circumvent it. You got to get this rooted and grounded in you, in your heart. And then watch what happens. As a result of that, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. My God. Mm -hmm. Can I get an amen there? So watch this. Whatever fruit you and I desire to have. Whatever fruit you desire to have, if you just get the root of walking in love right, you'll then see the power of God at work. You see how I only get one or two hand claps? Because we have got too comfortable as children of God of not walking in love. So instead of walking in love, we start sitting in the seat of judgment. And we start judging other people's walk with God or their lack of walk with God based on your little righteous stand. And then we wonder why people who don't have Jesus don't want Jesus when they look at the Jesus you got. Because they're looking for the Jesus that people say is a Jesus that love. Look through your Bible. Jesus never pushed anybody away. As a matter of fact, Jesus was so loving, people felt comfortable to come to him. Even the sinner would come sit with him. Jesus would get accused of sitting with sinners. Sinners come around us in our little judgmental attitudes. And then we wonder why they don't want to come to the church we attend. Oh, I told you all I wasn't going to get up and run around on this one. But this is going to cut you open, dissect you, and put you back together, though. Amen, amen, amen. Because in order for us to win this lost world, to win this dying world, to win people who bust in hell wide open next to you, in order for us to win them, we got to win them with love. Your talk is real eloquent. But your fruit is rotten. So every time they pull from your tree, they're getting worms. Are y'all all all right this morning? I'm not mad at nobody. I'm just trying to help us get where God wants us to be so we can get this abundant life. So we can get this abundant life so we can stop talking about it and start living this thing so that people can see the life we live. And as a result of the life we live and they now see in that life, they want it. What are you doing? To have? I want that. I want what I see on you. 
I want what I see on you. How is it that you stay at peace all the time? I want that. Hmm. Notice the Bible says that God is love. Everybody say God is love. love. Notice that the Bible didn't say God is prayer. Notice that the Bible didn't say God is anointing. Notice the Bible didn't say God is victory. Notice the Bible didn't say God is faith. As a matter of fact, the Bible actually says faith actually works by love. If you're wondering why your faith won't produce, what you need to do is go back and check your fruit called love. But I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing. Mm -hmm. I hear you talking. But faith works by love. I hear you telling me you believing, but I just witnessed how you was just talking to your sister. And that was not the love of God. So don't tell me that you're believing when your conversation with other people don't match up to what you believe. Faith works by love. Are you still with me, guys? Mm -hmm. Therefore, if we are attempting to gain anything without being rooted and grounded in love, we'll end up at the wrong spot. So in Luke chapter number 10, go back to Luke 10, go back to Luke 10, just a little detour. In Luke 10, and then in verse number 29, Luke 10, Luke 10, in verse number 29, so Jesus said to him in verse 28, and he said to him, you have answered rightly, do this and you will live. Do what? Do what he said. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered right. Do this. Walk in love. Do this. Walk in love. And you will live. You will get the life of God. Do this. Walk in love. And you will live. You will have the God kind of life. Are you with me? Verse 29. But he wanting to justify himself. Anybody ever wanted to justify yourself? <laughs> Anybody ever wanted to justify yourself? You had a justifiable reason to be upset. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost and full of the Spirit, discerning what he was really asking him. The question that he was really asking Jesus was, who is it that I don't have to love, but I can still have this God kind of life? <laughs> that jucker that cut me off and almost made me wreck my car. And I didn't say, God bless you. I said, I had a justifiable reason to feel the way that I did. 
because he almost made me wreck my car. I was justified in my attitude. Lord, do I have to love him and still have the God kind of life? The person who told on you at work that you kept coming late and now you upset with them. Lord, do I have to love them and still have this God kind of life? The person that told you what you were doing wasn't right and you didn't like that they were correcting your attitude and your behavior. So you decided you were going to give them a little ice cold treatment. Lord, I still get to have the God kind of life, even though I don't love them. That's what he was asking. Who do I not have to love in order to get the God kind of life? Because the truth be told, and I should tell the truth, I ain't loving everybody. Truth be told, right here today, this morning, there are some of us that's not loving everybody. We love some bodies, and we love the bodies that make us feel good. But those bodies that don't make us feel good, oh, my, my, my. Uh, let's go. Let's, let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. Jesus now goes and give a dissertation on how to keep the second commandment. How to love your neighbor as yourself. Because he wanted to know who can I not love and still have the life of God to flow in my heart. Watch this dissertation Jesus give. Verse 30. Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among the thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounding him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. The priest went on the opposite side. He saw him, but he went on the opposite side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. Everybody say compassion. He saw him, he had compassion, so he went to him. Everybody say he went to him. My God. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. My, my, my. Here's where we got to end. Praise the Lord. Here's where we got to end. Guys, y'all can go ahead and prepare for communion. There are some elements of love that has to be revealed to you and I. And I'm going to start them today and we'll, finish, we'll get to the rest of them next week. The first element of love. Love, when properly expressed, goes beyond all supposed boundaries. Love, when properly expressed, 
goes beyond all supposed boundaries. My God. God's love requires you and I to love all. God's love requires you and I to love all. Everybody say all. all. That means no one left out. I don't care what your race is. You have to love all. I don't care what your sex is. You have to love all. I don't care you don't like the agenda of the LGBTQ, XYZ, all that they got going on. I don't care that you don't like all that they're doing. You got to love all. We got to love all. You can't win nobody if you don't love them. So it's important. Love, when properly expressed, goes beyond all supposed boundaries. So God's love requires you and I to love all. Your love will have to go beyond your prejudices. Your love will have to go beyond the color of your skin. Your love will have to go beyond your cultural background. Oh, how come y'all ain't saying nothing? Don't make me feel like we got a racist church. How are we going to be international and we can't love each other? You better love this sweet brown dark chocolate brother you got for a pastor. I'm closing, I'm closing, I'm closing because we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. Watch this, watch this. Listen closely to this statement. If the people furthest from you think the highest of you, you may need to check your love walk. If the people furthest from you talk so highly of you, but your family who are next to you don't have that same thought, you might need to check your love walk. See, it's beautiful when you get all that glowing press from everybody out there. But do you have that same glowing press from those that are in here? Ah, Are you mean and nasty with your family? But then when you come to church, you just as radiant with love for everybody? Oh, my, my, my. Does your family watch you interact with everybody in church and see how much you smile? But then when you get on the car, in the car with them, you start yelling and screaming and they're trying to figure out what happened, what happened to that? What happened to the one that was? What happened to the one that I saw hug the sister and, and then he got in the car with me and he, just be quiet. How is it you got so much love for everybody in church, but you ain't got no love for the people in your family? Oh, we, I said we got to go, huh? I said we got to go. My, 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 my. When your children are home and they hear your car pull up, Are they excited with great expectation that you're about to come in? Or do they start telling, pick that up, get that, 
get that, get that. Shh, shh, shh. No, no noise, no, no. As a matter of fact, go to, let's go to our room. Let's go to. How do other people experience you? Who expects you to come home and they're excited about it? We're going to stop right there. We're going to stop right there. Can y'all, is that all right? Can y'all, will y'all come back next week and, and get, the, get some more? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on, come on, let's, let's prepare our hearts for communion.